Once again, good morning everyone. Welcome to this 10.30 hour of worship. Whether you're here at the Harp or the Sanctuary, we welcome you. It's Amokyo Methodist Church. Uh, the passage I've chosen uh, for today is Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 to 17. Exodus chapter 4, verses 1 to 17. Let me read it to us. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? Then the Lord said to him, What is that in your hand? What is that? A staff, he replied. And the Lord said, Throw it to the ground. So Moses threw it on the ground, and it became a snake, and he ran from it. Then the Lord said to him, Reach out your hand and take it by the tail. So Moses reached out and took hold of the snake, and it turned back into a staff in his hand. This, said the Lord, is so that they may believe that the Lord, the God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Then the Lord said, Put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand into his cloak, and when he took it out, the skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Now put it back into your cloak, he said. So Moses put his hand back into his cloak, and when he took it out, it was restored like the rest of his flesh. Then the Lord said, If they do not believe you or pay attention to the first sign, they may believe the second sign. But if they do not believe these two signs or listen to you, take some water from the Nile and pour it on the ground, and the water you take from the river will become blood on the ground. The, Moses said to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. The Lord said to him, Who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak, and I will teach you what to say. But Moses said, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. Then the Lord's anger burned against Moses, and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He's already on his way to meet you, and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you, and it will be as if he were your mouth and as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. This is the word of the Lord. Come, let us pray. O God who called Moses, Speak to us today. Open up our hearts and our ears to hear your call. Importantly, Lord, send your Holy Spirit that we may not just be hearers of your word, but truly be doers. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Moses held a staff in his hand. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Maybe some of us we hold a stabilo pencil or color pencil. You are a stay-at-home mom, maybe you're a childcare industry, a school teacher, stabilo pencil. Some of us, maybe we hold a steering wheel. Eh? Steering wheel, we're drivers, either by profession or we have to ferry our children or family around. Wow, many things, huh? Let me see, what's next? Oh, some of us, maybe we have a stethoscope. Uh, this is obviously from my daughter, right? We are doctors, perhaps. Some of us, 
SAR 21, serving national service. <laughs> of course, this is not the actual SAR 21. I'll be arrested if I had the SAR 21, but you get the idea. Some of us, maybe, wow, a lot. Let me see, what do I have? Uh, good at games, soccer ball here. And then maybe some of us have strange, uh, like a nurse. Some of us, shovel, we are good, you know, with uh, digging stuff. We do more hard work labor. Wow, I have a lot of things, really. What do we have? Some of us, really good at cooking. We've got a spoon, a scoop, that's in our hands. Some of us, maybe artisans, we've got scissors, you can maybe a seamstress, hairdresser, so and so forth. But I think a lot of us actually hold this, which is a screen. A screen. <laughs> we hold a screen because many of us work in front of a computer screen, a desktop, a laptop. And so when I ask what's in your hand, I'm really asking a very figurative question. What's your training? What's your experience? And it doesn't even have to be professional training. Some of us are really good uh, with soft skills. Some are good at cooking. You did not go for any official uh, cooking class. Some of us will be good at playing the piano. So again, the question, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? There are some of us who chose our professions very intentionally. And thank God we were able to enter that course of choice. And so we are where we are today. But there are many of us who did not choose what's in our hands. Some of us could have taken over a family business. Some of us perhaps could not go to the course of our choice. And so we ended up in a different career trajectory altogether. Some of us had to face many rejections, had to do many U-turns in life before we finally end up where we are today. So what's in your hand? Moses. Moses held a staff in his hand. And mind you, Moses didn't choose to be a shepherd. It wasn't his choice at all. He grew up as the prince in Egypt. We know this very familiar story. And he was only forced into being a shepherd because he became a fugitive. And how did he become a fugitive? Because he killed an Egyptian. And so Moses held the staff not by choice, but by circumstances. Like Moses, some of us may be retrenched. Some of us are forced by circumstances to go into another field of work altogether. Some of us are forced to study another subject in school. And those in national service, for example, are plucked out of their studies to serve our nation. And now they hold the SAR 21 in their hands. So what's in your hand? My point today is simple. Regardless of what you now hold in your hands or the many things you hold in your hands, please know this. What is in your hand can be used by God to do something miraculous. What you hold in your hand when it's offered to the Lord and used by the Lord can be something miraculous. Moses' staff became the means by which many miracles were performed. As we saw in the text today, verse 17, God told him to take that staff so that he can do the miracles. Miracles included parting the Red Sea, bringing forth water from the rock, and enabling Joshua to defeat the Amalekites when he held up his staff. Right, His uh, two able assistants helped him. That staff that Moses used was used by God to perform many miracles. Incidentally, his staff is supposedly housed in Tokopi uh, Palace in Istanbul, Turkey. But I'm not sure really that's the actual staff. I mean, just get a stick, right? Anything looks like a staff. 
So there's no need for you to fly over to Istanbul to try to find this uh, Moses stuff, to find some miracle. We must remember that it is God who does the miracles. That stuff is merely an instrument in which the miracle is performed. So it's not about the stuff. It's about God who uses what we offer to Him in our hands to do wonders and miracles. This month we observe uh, Outreach Month and the church leadership believes that in this season of our church life, our 41st year as Amokyo Methodist Church, that God calls us forth to serve, to use what God has given to us in our hands, to extend our territories, to reach out and to serve. Next Sunday, we observe Christian outreach and social concerns. The following Sunday, third Sunday, we will have witness and evangelism. And fourth Sunday, missions. When we offer what we hold in our hands, whether it's professional training or, or not, whether it's a choice or by circumstances, God can work miracles through us. So what's in your hand? Will you offer that to God to be used by Him? Moses, as you know, was raised by God to deliver his people from slavery in Egypt. And today, all around us, there are many people enslaved. There are people enslaved to sin. There are people enslaved by sicknesses. There are people enslaved by poverty. There are so many things that people are enslaved by. And so on Christian Outreach Social Concerns Sunday, our missionary Joshua Tan will preach on how we can help the poor in very practical ways. And perhaps some of you, after hearing his sermon next Sunday, may be stirred to want to join him as he goes around the nations uh, in Southeast Asia generally to help the poor in very practical ways like farming techniques. Right, That's where the shovel comes in. Maybe you are good at gardening. You never thought that you could use it to serve God. But now, hey, here's the chance for you to use that skill to serve God. On Witness and Evangelist Sunday, our local preacher, Calvin Lim, will teach us how to proclaim, preach the gospel so that people can find that spiritual freedom and life in Christ Jesus that many of us have encountered. And so we want to bring this good news to the poor, poor in spirit now. And finally, on Mission Sunday, I invited our guest speaker, uh, Dr. Tan Lai Yong. He's famously known as the Wandering Saint. Ever heard of him? Right. So he's coming to speak to us on Mission Sunday inspire us to take the gospel beyond Singapore to the nations around us. So let's line up for the next few weeks. So what I'm doing today is just to set the stage for us to start thinking about what's in your hand and how can you offer all these to God to serve Him and to serve others. Perhaps, like I said, you know, you hold a stethoscope, you're a doctor. Recently, our church held uh, Restart a Heart Program, basically the CPR course, and how did that happen? Because it was initiated by a doctor. Through his professional expertise, he said this is a good cause, his connections, it enabled us to facilitate the cause, and some of you went for the training. It's useful. It's not just about church, because if you are along the road, somebody collapses, you are equipped to save a fellow citizen or a fellow human being, right? Perhaps you hold that steering wheel. Why not use that ability to help ferry the, the elderly for their medical appointments. So what's in our hand? Perhaps you hold that screen. Again, many of us work behind a screen, but behind that screen is really a set of skills and training, whether it's finance or looking at data, analytics, logistics. Whatever your field is, you have ability and training, and it can be used by God 
if we learn to offer that ability to God and ask God, God, why do you bring me through my life experiences and giving me this set of skills? How can I use it, God, to serve you and to serve people? So don't think your skills are useless in church, in society. It's not just about you and your vocation. God can use all of us in many ways to be that channel of grace and blessing. Don't be like Moses. Moses gave excuses. Moses gave excuses. He said, I'm slow of speech. Literally, it's, he says, I'm heavy, uh, heavy in speech. But God said to him, who is the one who made the mouth? Is it not I? In other words, God is saying, if I'm calling you, surely I know that you can arise to the occasion. In fact, God takes the argument even further. God says, is it not I who make one mute or deaf or blind? Now, this statement should not be taken so as to blame God for misfortune because God is always good. But what God is really saying is this, even if someone were mute, I can make that person speak. I can make that person talk. And so Moses, what is this lame excuse of yours? No pun intended, yeah? What is this lame excuse of yours that you cannot speak? You're slow to speak. And so the saying is very true indeed. God does not call the qualified. God qualifies the called. And so if God calls us, He knows that we will be able to meet that need. He will supply all our needs. And so when Moses saw that he had no more excuse, that he cannot argue against this God who created him, he tried another method. He desperately tried to push the job away. God, please send someone else. But God was very angry. And yet in the midst of his anger, God was gracious to tell Moses that Aaron, his brother, is on his way and will help Moses to be his spokesperson. I don't know about you, but I would certainly rather use whatever is in my hands, even if it's just a simple pencil, offer it to God than to grieve God. I'd rather give to God than to grieve God because He's my Lord and my Savior. I want to love and honor Him. Some of you are aware I started serving God as a pastor since I was 29 years old as a young man. I think I'm still young, but younger then. I was trained in bioengineering, but what I saw was most valuable, which I could offer to God, was my youth. And so that's what I held in my hands, my youth, I offered it to God. And perhaps some of you today also hear, uh, maybe you will hear God's call to serve God in full-time Christian ministry. Since Pastor Melvin has retired, I will take on his duty to preach one sermon on full-time Christian ministry calling per year. And this is one of those sermons. Perhaps some of you think that you may not have very much to offer to God, except your very life. But I tell you the truth, even your very life, can be used by God. In fact, your very life is the best offering you can give to God. So if we took time to truly think about it, pray about it, whether God calls us to full-time Christian ministry or not, we have really a lot in our hands that we can use to offer to God. So what's in your hand? What's in your hand? When Moses finally saw he had no excuses, no substitutes, he reluctantly obeyed and the rest, as it were, became history. Moses became Israel's greatest deliverer. And this year, by God's grace, I will receive my 10 years long service award. Thanks be to God. So what's in your hand? Won't you offer it to God and let God perform signs and wonders through what's in your hand? 
Stop giving excuses. Stop pointing to someone else. When God calls, and God is calling every one of us, young and old, male and female, whether you're eloquent or not, skilled or not, regardless of our background and economic status, God is inviting all of us to respond to His call. How? Start by thinking about what's in your hand. What's in your hand? Your training, your skills, your youth, even your old age, you know, your life experiences, and especially your failures. Especially, are you hearing me? Especially our failures. Those who have suffered depression, just like we have seen Jaina in the Alpha video, are the best people to minister to those who suffer from depression. So even our failures, when we offer them to God, God uses us to be a channel of His grace. Again, Moses only had a staff in his hand because he had failed. He had failed his people earlier as the prince of Egypt. And so when we offer even our failures to God, God can use them to minister to others. I do want to point out, however, that service requires the consensus of church leadership and affirmation of the congregation. If you are called by God to serve you know, outside of the church, that's fine. You pray about it. God will guide you how to use that talent or gift. But if you are serving the church, you know, we need the affirmation of the congregation to, assay, to verify whether that calling is true. It needs to be tested by the community of faith. Perhaps some of us think that we can sing, for example. But if you go through the you know, auditions by the worship and music committee, then they realize, hey, actually you're tone deaf. And of course, that's not the calling for you to serve, right? Or you may think that you have a real compassionate heart for the seniors. But after you start serving, then all the seniors start coming to me. Who are complaining, why wow, this person don't know what he's doing, insensitive and stuff like that. Then perhaps you don't have the calling for seniors ministry. And so, yes, God calls all of us to self, but it takes time to discover that calling, but you've got to start somewhere. Start somewhere, and if you're serving in church, it needs the affirmation of the community of faith. Perhaps some of you are really feeling the nudge right now to serve, but you feel very inadequate. I want you to know that's the best spot, that's the best place to be. Because when we are inadequate, then we rely on God. We depend on God. God, help me. I'm not able to do this on my own. And that's when God will give us more grace and show us more of His power. In fact, I'd rather have someone who is feeling inadequate, you know, not able to feel up to the task, humble, rather than someone who is arrogant, thinks he or she knows it all and comes forward, well, Pastor Anthony, I can do this! You know, I'd rather have someone who says, God, I humbly offer this to you. I may not know how to do it exactly, but God, use me. So inadequacy is a good place. That keeps us humble as we continue to serve. But inadequacy is also meant by God to be met by others. So we don't just serve as an individual. We serve as a cell group. I believe the picture of Moses, Aaron and Miriam you know, serving together as a family is really a prophetic picture pointing towards the church, the New Testament era, where we serve together as a spiritual family. And cell groups are that spiritual family. No one individual has all the skills, can do everything. But when we put together ourselves together as a collective cell group or even as a larger body of Christ, as the church, a lot more things can be done. A lot more things are possible. If only we all offer what's in our hands to God. I want to close uh, by returning to the three signs that God called Moses God gave to Moses to show that Moses is called by God. 
First of all, God tells Moses to throw his staff onto the ground. And as Moses did that, the staff became a snake. I don't know about you, but certainly that's very freaky. <laughs> and so I'm not surprised Moses ran away. If it's me, I'll run away too. What? Snake? I'll run away too. But then God says, reach out your hand and grab its, its tail. Initially, I thought that's a really silly thing to do, right? You should try to attack the head, right? So that grab its neck so that it doesn't bite you. But then I went to Google and how to catch a snake with your bare hands. And it turns out that grabbing a snake by its tail and then lifting it up actually works. You know why? Because the snake does not have the muscle to turn around and bite you. So actually, God is brilliant. The best instruction ever to lift a snake up by its tail so that the snake does not bite. Second uh, sign that God gave Moses, he says to Moses, put your hand into your pocket. And then when he did that, he took it out. His hand became leprous. I guess Moses was also freaked out, except that this time he cannot run away because it's his own hand. <laughs> but God was gracious enough to have Moses put his hand back into his pocket, his cloak, and second time around his hand was restored. So God is so awesome. Now this passage should not be read that God sends diseases. You've got to understand the context in those days, and it is still now. Leprosy is an incurable disease. And what God is really teaching Moses is that God, God has the solution to heal all diseases, even the most incurable diseases. And so together with the first sign, God is telling the Israelites through Moses that God has all the solutions to every problem in life. Every single problem, God has the solution. Finally, God says, if the people do not believe you after the two signs, take water from the Nile, pour it on the ground, and it will turn into blood. Here we see that uh, God, even though He's sovereign Lord, He does not micromanage. He does not determine that someone will definitely believe after the first sign. He says, if the people do not believe the first sign and the second sign, then you give them this third sign. So God does not predestine every single thing in our lives. But he says, be gracious, Moses, and carry out all the three signs. Don't stop at the first sign. If they don't believe you, go on to the next sign. And if they still do not believe you, then you take water from the now and pour it onto the ground and it will turn into blood. Don't stop until people are fully convinced that you are called by God. But even then, it requires the affirmation and confirmation of the community of faith, right? They have to believe that Moses is called by God. And so if you look at all three signs, God was essentially telling Moses that he has power over all creatures. And if you know the Old Testament, the book story in Genesis, the snake is described as the craftiest of all creatures that God has made. So it represents the best of all God's creation, except, of course, the human being. And so he's saying he has power over all creatures. Second, God is saying he has all power over all forms of torture. And leprosy for the ancient world symbolizes the worst kind of disease possible. And finally, through the third sign, God says he has power over all nature. Turning water, even water, into blood. Not turning water into wine, but water into blood. And so, for the ancient mind, especially for the ancient mind, wild creatures dilapidating tortures, uncontrollable nature. These are all scary. But God is saying, I have power over every single thing in the creation. 
If I've called you Moses, you just need to obey. In summary then, God tells Moses and all of us today, when God calls us, don't give excuses. Oh, I'm busy with this now. Let me wait another year or so. I'm not good at that. Don't give excuses. Number two, don't give the task to someone else. Don't pass the buck. That will get God's wrath. Okay, I don't think we want to do that, incur God's wrath. Number three, don't give up no matter what. God always provides the solutions. God is ruler over all creatures, all forms of torture, whether it's physical or mental, over all forces of nature. So again, the niggling question today, what's in your hand? What's in your hand? Today we welcome a fresh new pastor in our midst, uh, Pastor Emmanuel Go. He has responded to God's call to serve as a young pastor. He's at the start of his pastoral ministry. So do pray for him and support him as you did for me when I was appointed back to, uh, in 2011. I was also 31 when I came to Amokyo Methodist Church. He didn't give excuses. He didn't pass the buck, give the job to someone else. God, why don't you call someone else? So let's pray for him that he will not give up on his calling either. But for all of us, really, that's also the message for today. What's in our hands? Offer it to God. Don't give excuses. Don't give it to someone else. If God has given you IT skills, for example, use it. You never know how you may use the IT skills to bless someone else. Whatever is in your hands, use it. Don't give it to someone else. And number three, don't give up, no matter what. Let God use you use you and what you offer to perform signs and wonders and deliverance for the people in need. And as we walk towards our National Day, I want to challenge us to think not just within our church, what has God given to us to offer to God, but really for our city. God has given us something in our hands for a reason. Do we see the bigger picture of how we can offer these things to God to bless our city? What's in your hand? Come, let us pray. I want to give us some time to just reflect on the message. What's in your hand? What do you hold in your hand? For some of us, there may be many things. God has blessed us with a lot of experience in life training, we can cook, we can drive, we can do IT, we can do gardening. Some of us may not have so many talents, but even that one talent, God says you need to be faithful. What's in your hand? If you are ready to offer to God whatever's in your hands while you're seated, I just invite you to place your hands in the open position, put it on your laps as a symbol that you are offering to God whatever He has given to you. And now close us in prayer. Lord, as you have called Moses, 
and asking that question, what is that in your hand? Lord, we also remember you have given us things in our hands. Lord, as we offer this to you, Lord, show us, reveal to us by your Holy Spirit how we can use these things in our hands to serve you and to serve others. In Jesus' name we pray.